Hey, it's time for Priority Pastor. Welcome back to Priority Pastor. I'm Darren Ride. Thanks for joining me once again. This past weekend, I spoke on one of my favorite passages in one of my favorite books, Ephesians 2, verses 1 to 10. Just a rich, powerful passage. I, I started with a story, or near the beginning, I started with a story of a lady named Jean, who took her daughter Kirsten out, age nine, for a mother-daughter breakfast. And during breakfast, she asked a question that only brave parents will ask their children. How could I be a better parent? How could I be a better mom? And the little girl thought for a moment. She said, well, you do yell a lot. I know you've been praying about that, but it isn't really working yet. <laughs> I pointed out how change, sometimes we wonder if change is possible. Sometimes we think we can. Sometimes we think we can't. Sometimes we think other people can't. And I introduced the Ephesians passage, chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, as a classic before and after picture. In fact, it's verses 2, yeah, I think 1 to 10, I think as far as I went. Sometimes I drift into verse 13 or so. Classic before and after picture. And the before picture is really this unflattering snapshot of us described as dead, you know, being spiritually dead, disconnected from our creator. Another part of that before picture is that we are, we are under the control of ungodly forces. We are pawns of the world and the flesh and the devil. And I spent some time on that and I made this statement. I said, before we are set free and transformed by God's power, the world, the flesh, and the devil are the controlling dominant influences in our lives. And then the final frame of that before picture is that we are described as children of wrath, deserving of God's wrath, in line to receive all of God's wrath. And it's, it's an unflattering picture. It's, a, it's an uncomfortable picture. And the problem, of course, is that fewer and fewer people, even fewer and fewer Christians, believe that. We tend to give this hierarchy of sins, and we always manage to find ourselves in the, the less bad half. You know, the worst sin is always one that we, we haven't done. And we begin aligning ourselves, really, with that group of people Jesus had trouble with, the Pharisees. And so I raise this question. Am I very aware of and intolerant of the imperfections of others? and unaware of or dismissive of my own? And if that the answer to that is yes, and often we can find ourselves there, then we are drifting into that, that situation. But there's this, this bad news. We're dead, pawns of the world, the flesh and the devil, children of wrath. And unless we see the need for transformation, we never seek transformation. And then in verse four, we have those two words that pivot, the whole passage pivots on. And, and when you find the words, but and God close together, either side by side, or, you know, in the same phrase as it is here, it changes everything. You know, but God who is rich in mercy, but God who is rich in mercy, God shows up into this ugly before picture. God shows up. And I love this quote. I've got here somewhere from Stephen Curtis Chapman and Scotty Smith says, in the gospel we discover we are far worse off than we thought and far more loved than we ever dreamed. So God shows up and he does some amazing things with us. He, he makes us alive with Christ and raises us with him and seats us with him. And I uh, describe this and, and sum it up as being connected to Jesus, union with Christ, which is really one of the core principles and tenets of the Christian life that we don't pay enough attention to, the whole idea of union with Christ. And I ask the question, why? And the answer is that 
that there's this, this phrase in there that God has made us a work of his for good works. Verses 7 and verse 10. He does it that we would be a work. He shows his mercy that we be on display as evidence of his mercy and his grace and his kindness for all eternity. And then, of course, I talk about how with every before and after picture, there's always a catch. You know, if it's the, the flabby old middle-aged guy moving into being, you know, this ripped fella or a beat-down house turning into this beautiful home or whatever it is, we know that there's a catch. There's a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort to get there. And there is a catch with this. And the catch is not time. It's not money. It's not effort. The catch is this, that we don't deserve it. We can't earn it. We must receive it as a gift. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. It's by grace you're saved through faith. This not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And that idea that we are actually helpless, that we can't save ourselves, that, that destroys the human ego, that cuts the human ego like a, a chainsaw through butter because it requires us admitting we can't fix it. It's unlike anything else. We can't fix it. We can't earn it. We just got to receive it as a gift. And then I ask the question, does anybody want in? And I give an example of the kind of prayer, not, not that the prayer is the magic words, the kind of prayer that aligns. I basically wrote a prayer based on the whole passage and said, you know, can you, can you sign your name to this? Is this the alignment of your heart? And if it is, you know, communicate it back to God. And if you've done that, tell someone and then tell everyone through baptism, which is a big part of following Jesus. And that was my quick unpacking of Ephesians 2. Verses 1 to 10, of course, some other stories fit in there, a few more words, but that's where I was this Sunday and asked people, you know, if they, if they responded for the first time to tell someone to let us know, haven't heard anything yet, but it was a, a rich time in the word. I don't just say that as a speaker, but as a listener of the word, hearing the word of God again, hearing about God's rich grace once again. It was just a beautiful moment uh, to sit in under that word. So if you need... Taste of God's grace today, it's by grace. It's all by grace. We're saved by grace. We're restored by grace. We are put back on track by grace. It's all by grace. So we rest in the finished work of Jesus. So today, instead of saying, press on, I will say, rest on in the finished work of Jesus. Thanks for listening. God bless. Mm -hmm.